I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Pod bless everybody. I'm your host of OPP, Corey Cambridge. And before we get started with this amazing episode, I want to tell you about my other show, Silent Giants. Silent Giants is a podcast that highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. Ever wondered who made the MTV logo? Did you know the person who wrote Earth, Wind & Fire's hit song September also wrote the theme song for the hit 90s TV show Friends? On Silent Giants, we learn more about these amazing people and dig deep to learn more about their most famous works. Be sure to check out Silent Giants on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Now, let me introduce you to our special guest of OPP. Hi, I'm Veronica Dagger, host of the Wall Street Journal's podcast, Secrets of Wealthy Women, and this is OPP. Pod bless everybody and welcome back to another episode of OPP, America's number one podcast discovery platform that highlights your favorite podcasters and the dope shows they created. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Our special guest this episode is Veronica Dagger, host of the Wall Street Journal's hit podcast, Secrets of Wealthy Women. Every Tuesday, Veronica interviews successful women executives, workplace pioneers, self-made entrepreneurs, industry trendsetters, and money-savvy experts to reveal insights on how to get ahead, reach your goals, and achieve professional success. In this interview, I head down to the Wall Street Journal headquarters to learn more about Veronica, how she ended up at the Wall Street Journal, we get her podcaster's picks, and of course, we get into her dope show, Secrets of Wealthy Women. Also, please forgive me, it was a busy day at the Wall Street Journal, so please forgive me for the background noise. So now, on to my interview with the Wall Street Journal's Veronica Dagger. Yo, Veronica, what's up? What's up? Yo, you sound so official. Oh, thanks. You know, I try. <laughs> no, no, uh, as, as you're sipping the official water. <laughs> the official water of the Secrets of Wealthy yeah. Women so podcast. So, folks, just to let you know, uh, Veronica has a, a plastic bottle <laughs> with her own pre-cut cucumbers inside of it. And I look and I'm like, you have your own cucumbers? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. You gotta hydrate. Wait, wait, how did the cucumbers become a part of this beverage? Oh, you know what? I was thinking, like, I need to drink more water, but I just got bored with plain water. And I just remember one time going to a spa and they had a cucumber in the water. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm worth it every day. <laughs> so Wait, so did you cut this in the office? Did you cut this at home? I cut it at home. I bring it from home. So I put, I come with a water bottle from home and I put a, the cucumbers and then I put some water ahead of time, bring it with me on the subway, and then I'm all set. And then Okay. I mean, yeah. I'm going to have to step up my water game. <laughs> I think you might want to try it. I, I'm going to have to. It's you've delicious. You've inspired me. Oh, good. <laughs> For sure. You can do like oranges, strawberries, anything <laughs> you want. You can really go quite. 
How's your day going? It's going good. It's busy, but it's good. First of all, I love your podcast, Secrets of Wealthy Women. I think it's so important. What what inspired you to hop in and and do this show? Yeah, so my dad died suddenly when I was a kid, and my mom was left a widow with two young kids, me and my brother, and she didn't really understand the finances. My dad had pretty much done everything, Um, and so she had to learn about personal finance, and she had to learn a lot of life lessons at the absolute worst possible time. And I just remember I had this memory of her, you know, and our show is not just about money. It's about career and resilience, but um, money's part of it. So I have this memory of being a young girl um, and seeing my mom at the kitchen table surrounded by my aunts and uh, some of her friends and trying to, they were trying to explain to her like how to write out a check. And they were trying to show her like how to open investment statements. And my mom was just sitting there grieving my dad, completely overwhelmed and crying And I remember thinking like, okay, this is never going to be me. And I also feel like if I'm ever in a position to help another woman so she's not in that situation, I want to do that. And so that was sort of like the personal backdrop to this show. I think also there's this whole wealth transfer happening in America that there's trillions of dollars being transferred from one generation to the other as like older people you know, pass away. Um, Women stand to control the majority of that money um, for various reasons. They're outliving their husbands, a lot of divorce, a lot of single moms, single women. And so we wanted to educate educate women about money and also um, lift up those stories of entrepreneurship because we're seeing so many more women start their own businesses. And especially in the African-American community, there's a lot of women starting their own businesses. And so just bringing those stories like Miko Branch, who we had on last week um, to talk about Miss Jessie's or Sheila Johnson, who start co-founded BET, or, you know, even people who are like designers like uh, Rebecca Minkoff, who's a clothing designer, um, Katia Beecham, who's another entrepreneur. We'd like to show a lot of entrepreneurs um, and talk about their paths because it's a really, it's a field that more and more women are focused on. What is your background um that led you here to be here at the Wall Street Journal? Um, so I studied finance and marketing when I was in school. I wasn't a j- journalism major, so a bit untraditional for our typical newsroom. Um, so I worked in those fields for a little bit, um, but I always wanted to be a writer. Where, where'd you go to school? Um, Fordham. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, are you from New York? <laughs> yeah, from New York originally, yeah. Oh, where, where in New York? Uh, Long Island. Strong Island. Strong Island. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Yeah, so I always wanted to be a writer, and I did freelance writing on the side um, while I worked in finance. And then I just had the opportunity to, um, through networking, basically I met an editor here who I, we had a similar background, both Fordham alum, and I said, I want to do something different. I want to become a writer. And he got me that first interview, um, but it was a pretty extensive process to get hired here, you know, 12 years ago. Four-hour exam, three-day tr- uh, three-day tryout, um, se- something like seven interviews and another four-hour exam, and I eventually got the job. <laughs> so uh, that was a while ago, but uh, it was worth switching into journalism. Uh, what is your secret to being successful? I think. Oh, that's a good question. I think trying to be positive, right? Trying to look for the positive and trusting myself that even if things feel like they're falling apart. Like, I'll be able to figure out a way out of it. And I think maybe that comes from my background with my dad. You know, my dad died. It feels like our our world, like, exploded, you know, in, like, a matter of seconds because he died suddenly. And so, but we were able to rebuild from that. And so I always had this sense, like, 
even if the world collapses, I'll be able to figure it out. Yeah. How did that tragic event shape you as a person? Um, well, in a, the good side of it is it makes you really hardworking, very focused on being financially independent, very driven, um, try to be, you know, understand the need to be self-sufficient, but also understand, you know, because I didn't have that father figure. I looked around for a lot of mentors to help me. And so understanding the value of what I didn't know and seeking people who could help me because I didn't have that traditional benefit of like a dad who had all these connections because my dad was gone. So I had to make those connections for myself. Um, I guess the downside is that it makes you a little, I don't know, you feel like you're always trying to like prove yourself or you're always you always want to achieve more. And so I'm never super like, I always want to do something else. And so I'm always like, Oh, what else can I achieve? And it's not like I'm ever super satisfied with what I've done. You know, if that makes any sense. And I would love to get from your perspective, uh-huh. from your lens, um, as a female working, um, how has the landscape changed for you personally from the time you got into the journalism world to now? Yeah, that's a great question. It's changed a lot because when I first got in, it was very print focused. It was very, people did things like video, a little audio on the side. We used to actually have a radio station at our company. We no longer have that radio station. They used to have a full on radio staff. That is all gone. Um, And then we went, I think we had like a break where we didn't do anything like audio wise. Um, And then maybe, I don't know how many years ago, we decided to get into the the whole podcasting craze before it became the craze. Like, there was a craze before the craze it is now. It was the buzz. It was the buzz. buzz. (laughs) And then we had the craze. That's right. Exactly. Um, So, but even then, when it first started, people were like, oh, it's sort of just like a fad. Um, Now, though, I think the business has changed so much that doing things like podcasting and video and live events and and writing stories in a a print paper is all part of journalism and it's not like I think in the past not just here but I think across newsrooms in the past like say five seven years ago things were sort of that weren't actually a print story were kind of looked at as like less than or looked at as um not as important or not as much work. But I think under our leadership with Matt Murray as our editor-in-chief, he gets that it's all very important and it's all journalism and it all counts and it's valued. Like you're not you're not getting the side eye that I got maybe seven years ago for doing a video, you know? Right, like that. Right, right. Now they say like, oh yeah, you're working really hard. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> Look at this video. Right. <laughs> uh, what about, what about, as far as you being a woman in the workplace, has the culture changed? You know what? I think um, our company has made some really good strides in the last couple of years. I think there's still a push to uh, get more women in management. We have a management training program that has been helpful in terms of raising women up. So the fact that we even have that, I think, is a huge accomplishment for us. I'm glad to see that. I think that's encouraging for a lot of women in the newsroom. You know, I think there's still women many of us dealing with a pay gap um that's not not just here that's everywhere everywhere yeah right in every field um so i think that's part of it um i think there's just a greater sensitivity in understanding like hey you need more women in management and hey maybe um you know luckily we haven't had these sorts of issues here as far as at least in my experience but uh, you know you hear things like what happened with matt lauer and the, the that sort of thing, I think, a couple of years ago was not talked about, even though that it was happening. And now 
I would imagine a reporter at NBC, if she's having an issue, she can now openly talk about it, hopefully, with HR or her management and not have to sit there in silence and suffer. So hopefully in that way it's changed um, That for some cultures that are like that. Who was your uh, mentor growing up or someone you admired in the field of journalism that inspired you? Yeah, um, so I would say... Oh, gosh, this is hard. Um, and I actually, I didn't even think about a journalism career till I was, like, out of college. Like, it never really occurred to me, so I'm sort of later in life. But I guess subconsciously, I always really admired Oprah. Um, and, you know, some people are like, oh, she's not a journalism. Well, she was when she started out. And I think you could argue she still is in a, just a different way. Um, but I used to, um, and not to harp on this, but, like, after my dad died, like, the one consistent thing would be I could, like, turn on the TV at 4 o'clock and, like, watch Oprah. And, like, watch, I learned how she interviewed and she listened to people and she asked really great questions and she had a presence and she was warm and she was smart and all of these things. And t- still to this day, like, I know you're, we're going to talk about, like, favorite podcasts. Like, she's one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah, like, of I'm course. sort of like a stalker. She's one of my favorite everything. I know, right? And I've been <laughs> trying to, like get her on my show for like a year and a half and like this was like she's heard and she likes it it's just a matter of scheduling yeah so that would like i will i will die like if that happens <laughs> when that happens <laughs> um when you first got into your journalism career podcasting wasn't a thing. thing um i guess you were coming in more on the writing side yeah exactly what, what has it been like for you uh stepping into a role of now having your voice heard and how did you, how did you discover your voice yeah i mean i think i'm still sort of discovering it but um I've definitely gotten, I enjoy it now, whereas in the past, it's not that I didn't enjoy it, but I couldn't, like when I first started, I couldn't even listen to my, my shows. Like I, not for Secrets of Wealthy Women, I had a prior show called Watching Your Wealth, which was a, more of a general personal finance show. Um, but when I started doing that, I had a real tough time listening back. Now I'm like, oh, you know, it's more I'm listening back for the guests, like, because I want to see what I missed when I was actually interviewing them. Yeah. Um, but now I've gotten more used to it and I enjoy it. And I just try to ask, put myself in the place of the listener, think more about the listener than I think about myself. And I think that's probably the biggest takeaway, like try to think about the listener when you're doing your interview. And also not like I, I think I spent a fair amount of time trying to be Oprah and trying to be Maria Bartiromo who, who works here. Um, because there, she's very iconic in the business journalism field. Like I remember looking back at some past videos, like this is like five or six years ago. And I, I think I was like actually mimicking. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Like Maria's voice. <laughs> No, no. It's like creepy, but like I just thought that's what you did. Veronica, we'll take a quick break. When we yeah, get back, we'll sure. get to your podcast. Okay, cool. And you'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. We in the building. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Veronica, how did you first discover podcasting? How I discovered it? Um, I think through the journal. Um, and then um, in terms of like 
new shows that I kind of... Yeah, how'd you become a fan of the medium? Oh, gosh. Um, so I, I think through first the Journal podcast, but then also um, I just started searching around on, you know, Apple Podcasts, and I'm really into, like, spirituality-type shows, and so, like, Oprah, <laughs> again. Oh <laughs> of my course, God. Those, those soulful yeah. conversations. <laughs> Come on, now. Get, right. get your girls around. <laughs> slightly obsessed and um yeah and so just listening through her and then sometimes i would discover other podcasts through her and then also just look, looking in our category like who else has a similar podcast to me what are they doing so some research that way and then there was this other podcast called caliphate do you remember that from the new york times no what's that what's that about it's, it was like really intense it's probably one of the best ones i've ever listened to it's all about isis okay and how you know the how isis came about and um, just how they operated and the downfall. And this one New York Times reporter, you know, actually went over there um, and spent a lot of time with different ISIS-type people. And also here in the States, or actually in Canada, and she spoke to some informants. And anyway, it's just a really, really crazy podcast, but it's so good. And it just gave me, it just opened my eyes to understanding, like, what ISIS was about and, like, the struggles many women have faced because of ISIS. So... Uh, what was that light bulb moment for uh, you that you were going to start your own podcast? Um, so I, so we had the, a prior podcast called Watching Your Wealth, which is general personal finance. The journal had a bunch of podcasts at that time. Um, but then we sort of went through a restructure and we said, like, OK, we really want to just narrow down how many shows we do. Um, so Watching Your Wealth was, you know, basically canceled or sunsetted, however you want to say it. But I said, you know, listen, Ooh, I like sunsetting. Isn't that nice? That's, That's so like a nice. nicer way to say that. It's very, like, relaxing. Sunsetting. It's not like, oh, no, oh. my show's over. I'm using that in my vocabulary yeah, for sure. Sunset. Um, yes, continue on. I'm so sorry. I just like that word. <laughs> um, and it's like that word salons. Like I feel like people say the word salon. Like it's a get together. It's a salon. Yeah. 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 Nice. I, I like it. Yeah. Um, so that ended, and then, but uh, you know, we saw this huge opportunity for that women um, are having this, you know, incredible moment in terms of entrepreneurship, in terms of their career, in terms of their pay, um, the gains that they're making, and then also this wealth transfer that's happening. And I said, hey, like, you know, it would be amazing if we as a company continued to address this in a bigger way. And I kind of presented like a business case for it. And they said, hey, this makes sense editorially. We love it. And um, so then we just started and that like the more we did, um, the more it kind of got traction and people were really excited about the interviews we were doing. So it kind of just evolved over time. Uh, g give the audience a brief synopsis of what Secrets of Wealthy Women is about. So it's about it tells stories, one on one interviews with women who are well known, like household names like Maria Sharapova and Miko Branch and um, Maria Bartiromo and uh, Rebecca Minkoff tell stories about their successes, but also their failures and some of the obstacles they've overcome in terms of their careers, their personal life, and also their money. So it's just essentially, if you want a, an inspirational podcast that really focuses on the idea of resilience and ba bouncing back, which is so important for so many women, we face a lot of obstacles out there. And you hear these stories of these super successful women who have faced obstacles, sometimes bankruptcy or losing a child or assault or what have you, but still bounce back after those those obstacles and went on to even bigger success, this is the podcast for you. You will leave, I hope, each episode feeling more inspired and thinking that, you know, anything's possible. Don't count yourself out. Uh, what have you learned the most from 
the, the guests you've had on the show? I think the biggest lesson is that, you know, there's some people who are successful, right, in life, right? And then there's some people who are, like, mega successful. And I try to go for, like, the the mega successful women, whether it's in, you know, by celebrity or whether it's in their respective fields. And I feel like the difference between the successful and, like, the mega successful is the mega successful people, they fall down, they have failures, they make mistakes, but they tend to get back up quicker. Like, they don't they don't wallow. Um, they're able to, or maybe they do for a short time, but they pivot. Um, they reinvent themselves, and then they just keep going. They keep pushing, even though people are telling them, oh, no, you're never going to make it. Like, they don't let that failure, that setback, define the rest of their life. Like, they know that they haven't peaked. They can just keep going and keep pushing. Uh, like yourself, my podcast is based on interviewing, yeah. uh, interviewing people. Uh, who is someone on the show that surprised you? Um, the most? So Aisha Curry, she is the wife of Steph Curry, the basketball, you know, basketball, yeah, basketball player. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she is like so nice and so down to earth. But like, I was just surprised how much so many people have said to her, like, oh, you only got what you got because of Steph. Mm -hmm. And like, you're just lucky. And, you know, some of that, like, okay, you could see, but like, she's achieved so much. She has like her own line of like houseware she's has like several restaurants she has beauty contracts she's got a whole thing on youtube like she's got like a built her own empire um and so i really liked how she she first recognized the fact that yeah other people have said this about me that i'm only just lucky and like getting everything because of stuff but so a that she like owned the fact that people said that about her but b she said you know what he may have opened a door, but I was the one to walk through. Like, I am the one showing up day in and day out, and I'm the one doing the work, and I'm, I've got the drive. And so I just love the fact that she recognized that, like, yeah, there's people out there who aren't going to support you, but who cares about them? And, um, you know, I'm the one who's going to drive my success, whether, you know, and that's, you know, some part thanks to her husband, but so much thanks to her. And just her determination, because you know the figures. I mean, she doesn't really like to talk about how much her husband gets paid, but she she doesn't have to work at all. Like right. She doesn't have to do anything. And she just came in super humble, very willing to chat, take time with us, and um, just tell her story. And there was just no airs about her, and I just love that. Uh, in the space, uh, I know that I have a podcast, two podcasts, where I interview famous podcasters about their show. But then I have another show where I interview creatives behind the scenes. And I know that by being a host uh, of a podcast, I am stepping into a, um, a role where I'm being a voice or I'm seen as an expert yeah. um, in a particular field. Uh, how has it been being the voice, the, the conduit to successful women? Thank you. Um, it, it's it's pretty pretty neat. Um, I get to speak. I get offers to speak at a lot of women's groups and also um, a lot of colleges. And the colleges part really surprised me because that to me wasn't like an obvious fit right off the bat. Um, but I've done some speeches at you know several colleges around the country and speaking at their young women's groups or their just groups in general, and just the enthusiasm and their um, just their 
their desire for knowledge about this sort of thing and like their desire to hear the stories of how um, women have overcome obstacles has been super inspiring. I just didn't think, I don't know. I don't know if I was that together in college. I think I was just like, oh yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to get a job and it's going to be great. But the kids today, like I'll say the kids today, but like the kids today, like they just seemed a lot, they're a lot more aware and it seems a lot more practical and, and understand that it may not be easy. Like, I, I don't know where all the talk about, like, the spoiled millennials or whatever comes from, because that has not been my experience when I go talk to the college kids. Like, they seem very smart and very aware of, like, yes, you're going to have ups and downs in your career, and you may not work for the same company for this, you know, your entire life, and you're going to have those difficult times, and you have to be entrepreneurial. Like, they just, and they're also very um, altruistic. And so a lot of the guests I speak to have, you know, philanthropy interests like Aisha does, and they want to hear all about the philanthropy, which is so cool. Like, I don't remember thinking about those things when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, have you always felt, uh, have you always been comfortable stepping into this role of, you know, I know you started your career was more of a reporter kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. Have, have you always felt comfortable stepping into that role of, of being more vocal and um, being asked to speak? Um, you know, it's taken a little bit of time just because I almost felt like, well, I'm not used to, because they, some people, you know, they want to know my personal story. And so I'm used to having been a reporter. I'm like used to telling like the story of other of people. Other people yeah. right. And so then like, it, you know, it took me a, a really long time to start telling my own story, like about my dad and stuff. Just at first, I was like, I don't know if I can do this without like getting emotional, you know. And then I, I told it at I think I spoke to Purdue University. I spoke to the kids there, and like I just remember after the conference, like a young woman came up to me, like almost in tears, saying like I had a similar situation. Thank you so much for your sharing that because I thought I was like the only one going through that, and like you know, do you have any advice? Like, and I was like, oh my gosh, like this girl was sitting there kind of like suffering in silence. So I realized that like telling my story and like stepping out of myself isn't necessarily about myself. It's about like how I can help someone else with my story. Uh, Veronica, we've come to a part of the show. It's called our podcasters picks. Okay. <laughs> and this is where I asked the guests of today's show to give me three podcasts that you enjoy and describe them to the audience. So what are your top three favorite podcasts? Oh, gosh. So you're so sick of this. Oprah's Super Soul of course, Conversations. Of Yeah, so I love her. Number one. Um, number two was the Caliphate podcast from the New York Times. And then um, I'll do a shameless plug. We have a new podcast here called The Journal, which is a podcast about money and power and like the top business story of the day and really diving deep into that and i'm enjoying that show uh, who's the host of that show um so kate limbaugh and also ryan and i'm gonna uh, ryan k I'm, i don't know how to say his last name but <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's okay ryan yeah, yeah. ryan <laughs> we're a fan uh, you're a fan <laughs> and we see you around <laughs> the hall yeah just know we love you <laughs> we love you <laughs> and uh veronica before we get out of yeah. here why do you podcast I podcast because I want to see if I can help other women, whether it's make their day brighter or also help them know that they're not alone and just to keep keep going in what they're doing. It's going to work out. Veronica Dagger, I, I really am a fan of you. I appreciate you. I think what you do is important in the space of podcasting, in the space of the world. Thank you, Corey. It's really great to be here. God bless. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I love it. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of OPP and to our special guest, Veronica Dagger. You can find Secrets of Wealthy Women on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. This episode was mixed by Joshua Coleman. Music for this episode was produced by Richie Quake. And are you down with OPP? If so, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and let me know your favorite podcast in the review section. Lastly, before we get out of here, check out my other show, Silent Giants. 
which highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. And you can find Silent Giants on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Pod bless everybody. Till next time. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.